Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. I am your host, Jim Brangenberg. Many thanks to Mike Miracle. Mike has done way more than just manage the studio controls today. We've also recorded that new intro. We're trying to do something just to liven up the beginning of the show because it's got to reflect who I am. Hey, please check out our website to find out more about the mission called I Work For Him. Go out to the web. It's www.iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. You may ask, why am I doing this I Work For Him show? I got to tell you, here's the deal. There's four and a half million people that live in Tampa Bay, and on any given Sunday, only three million of them, no, I said that wrong. How about a million and a half of them go to church, but three million of them stay home? But on Monday morning, they go to work. You may be the only Jesus these people will ever meet, and that'll be in the workplace. You have a chance to minister to the largest unreached people group in the world right there in your cubicle. Some people get called to to the mission field. Some people get called to the pulpit. You have been called to your cubicle. We're all called to go. Let's make sure that we make the most of where we're at. You know, a little perspective. I'm a business owner. I work for him as my business. It describes what I do. It's my passion. But with regards to workplace ministry, I'm not the expert. I'm in this battle with you, fighting along to understand, fighting along with you to understand what God's role is in my business each and every day. But I want to thank you for listening. We've got an exciting show today. But before we do that, I've got an announcement. I just want to make sure I get out there. You know, my wife Martha and I are hosting a marriage retreat cruise the 30th of January through the 3rd of February, and we've only got eight spots left for couples. This is a marriage retreat cruise that'll leave on a Thursday night out of Tampa Bay and get back on a Monday morning from Tam- into Tampa Bay. Couple of days of marriage retreat while you're at sea and a day on Cozumel. Who doesn't want to do that? All along enriching your marriage, really working on solidifying your marriage because you need to solidify your marriage so that you can help your neighbors and your friends and your family. Uh, it's it's awesome. If you want to find out more about the marriage retreat cruise, and let me just tell you this, $870 for a couple for five days at sea that's an unbelievable deal. 870 bucks includes your tips, your taxes, your parking in Tampa. So give me an email. Shoot me an email, jim at iworkforhim.com. That's jim at iworkforhim.com. We really would love to have you join us 
on the uh, on our marriage retreat cruise. My wife thought up a great of a name for it, but right now I can't even think of what it is. But oh, cruise your way to a better marriage. That's what it was. All right. So going on to our topic today, we have in studio with me today, Kurt DeVries. And on the phone, we have Tony Senzamichi, Rebecca Seitz, and Sarah Kessinger. We're talking today about the Christian film industry and really just... You know, where, what's the status of the Christian film industry today, and where is it going? And, and so I've got three experts that are involved in the Christian film industry on a day-in, day-out basis. Welcome to all of you. Thanks a lot, Jim, for having me in here. All right, we got Tony, Rebecca, and Sarah on the phone. Yes, thanks uh, for having us, Jim. Uh, we're just, I'm just thrilled to death to have you guys here today. Now, Kurt DeVries is a good friend of mine, and, and several years ago, probably six years ago, he shared with me in his living room how he has just a dream, how he just wants to produce films. And uh, i got to be honest with you, on the air, I told him, I said, Kurt, just get a real job. And But in the last <laughs> six years, uh, I have seen Kurt do some amazing things, and Tony and Rebecca and Sarah, who are on the phone with us today, are all part of this large network of Christian film producers actors, actresses that are out there trying to make a difference in Hollywood. So, Kurt, I'm just going to let you start off before we get to our phone guests. Uh, why? Why the Christian film industry? I think the Christian film industry needs a more good films out there that we can watch uh, at, for the Christians and also um, just not the, uh, the films that are all wrapped up in a giant cherry bow, that everything works out good in the end. It's real, real life films out there. All right. All right. So on the phone, Tony, you got involved. You're an actor. You're also a producer. Why did you get involved in the Christian film industry? Well, I think, you know, uh, the the Christian film industry, but even uh, from a good family entertainment standpoint, people are, are clamoring, looking for product out there where they can sit as a family as a whole, enjoy some good, wholesome entertainment and feel like they don't have to be switching the channels between, you know, every other word, you know, that's out there. So, you know, we're uh, really excited about being part of this and bringing an uplifting message of, you know, where it needs to be in, in the film. Now, Rebecca, how did you get your start? Why, why, why the Christian film industry? I, I love your quote on your website. And yes, I went to your website. We're not happy with only producing a film. We want cinematic storytelling. I love that. That's really how I got involved, was I started with a love of story, and I, I actually started with a love of printed story. My background was in publishing, and I worked with novelists in publishing, and so many of our clients um, were being told, hey, your, your novels would make great movies, they'd make great TV shows, and so we tried to get that done, and what we found was there is this very strong dichotomy between making Christian, or quote-unquote evangelical product versus making, uh, taking just really good stories that happen to be written by Christians and putting them into mainstream venues. And so I started coming alongside the novelists saying, how can we get this made into a major theatrical release? How can we get this on a major network, a major mainstream network? Or is this a story that would be better suited to an audience that is watching, say, 700 Club or is watching the Up Channel or something like that? So. I learned early on that there were these two paths that the storytellers had to follow depending on what their story 
was about and what kind of audience it was written for. But I got into it because I was a, a bookworm first. <laughs> well, and I understand that I'm more of a bookworm. I've read a ton. My wife happens to run a Christian bookstore. And uh, we'll all get to that plug later. Kurt's used to me plugging that all the time. And I have read a ton of Christian fiction. And there's some very, very good Christian fiction authors. Uh, but mm-hmm. I've also reviewed a ton of Christian films that get sent into her bookstore. And when Kurt told me he was going to go into this, this world, I'm like, that's good. Because there's a real need for some improvement because it just yeah. seems like the Christian film doesn't get produced to the same quality as the non-Christian film. So Sarah, why did you get involved? Well, I had been doing film and television for quite some time and, and the short answer is simply I wanted to produce items and projects that my family could watch. That I wasn't ashamed of my grandparents or my children watching that they could have watched. But I wanted to take my passion and turn it into a ministry. And that's been the real challenge over the last few years now that I've made this switch. Um, But you never know who's in the audience. You never know who you're going to reach. And film and television is ultimately motion media, which is the greatest medium. It bridges all the gaps, all the divides to reach out to all these individuals. But is it freaky knowing that I know that Tony, you've done some uh, some film in Hollywood, and Sarah, you've been out, at, out in Hollywood as well. And, and sorry, Rebecca, I don't know about you, but I know Kurt; he's my good friend. I, don't, I haven't seen him in Hollywood. He still talks to me, so he, you know, he's not part of the Hollywood crowd. How, how tough is that, knowing that um, you know, you, hey, you're getting known, you get labeled as a Christian actor or actress, and then be able to break back into to doing stuff in Hollywood? I mean, do they blacklist you? I mean, do they give you a hard time because you're doing family friendly? entertainment no I, I think really uh, for myself you know being able to you know of course my craft is you know what I do and the characters I, I portray but it, it's really uh, not as much as being blackballed or being labeled as anything as far as you know what has been in my career at, at this point in time uh, you know all I can say is you know when when I show up I do my work and you know if people see a difference in, in me as a person and the way I walk and, and a light that shines for me, that's all, you know, that's what I, you know, uh, can ask for when somebody say, hey, what's different about you? No, well, you know, this is a workplace show. We talk all about how to incorporate Christ in your workplace. And you guys are all working on uh, a workplace that is known by Americans as probably the most, I mean, the, the film, the studio set is as a real non-Christian spot. Kurt, in, in 20 seconds or less before we go to our break, wh- why? Can you make an impact? Can you really make an impact? Yeah, I mean, you can make an impact. I mean, like Tony was saying, if he's on a set of a secular film or TV show, um, just showing everyone that he is a believer, that he's a Christian, I think he can make a difference just by the way he lives and the way he talks. Is the, is the actual environment on the uh, set, is it different than it would be if it was being produced in Hollywood? Um, I mean, you're still, you're busy. You're busy doing <laughs> what you got to do. <laughs> All right. All right. We're, we're, we're approaching a subject today that, you know, I didn't ever expect I would get to do this, but we're talking about the Christian film industry and the workplace on the film set. We've got an in-studio guest, my good friend, Kurt DeVries, and on the phone we have Tony Senzamichi. He is an actor and a producer. We've got Rebecca Seitz. She's a producer. Sarah Kessinger. She is an actress. We're talking about the Christian film industry. Rebecca, I wanted to open up with a question for you. What has been the hardest or biggest struggle being involved in the Christian film industry? Well, for me personally, and I'm not sure if this applies to most in the industry uh, or not, but for me personally, um, it's that that dichotomy that I referenced earlier. Right now, if you want to be in Christian filmmaking, that is a growing area of the industry, and it's, um, it's 
a group of individuals that you can get involved with fairly easily by going to some organizations and taking part in their events. And so it's a very clearly defined path that you can jump on if you want to start making movies like, say, Fireproof or Unstoppable or Unconditional and these movies that have been coming out. It's, a, it's much different if you want to be um, a filmmaker who happens to be a Christian, sort of how I refer to those of us who are more focused on creating mainstream, commercially viable films and TV shows. If you want to go that path, you, you have to be a little more circumspect about what you're doing and what you're putting out there and how you're describing yourself, even down to the words that are in your bio. And you end up walking this very difficult road of um, it's, it's almost like you're not Christian enough for the church, but you're too Christian for Hollywood. And so it can be a really lonely path when you, when you try to be that mainstream filmmaker who also isn't going to check your faith at the door. Well, so how do you how do you overcome that? Because that's really probably the biggest argument I've got with the, every stinking politician in in Washington that says they're a they're a Christ follower, and yet they go there and they all get screwed up. So how how do you? I mean, is it the fact that if you take a bold stand for Christ, that you can't make any progress? Is that why you have to walk that fine line? Yes and no. I can tell you when we were putting together, I, I co-chair a nonprofit that helps Christians in filmmaking and television production and publishing in mainstream. And uh, when we have put together events with very large names from Hollywood, they, I have to reiterate to them that we won't be billing this event as a quote-unquote Christian event um, because they have told me I can't come headline your event if you're going to call it Christian because I'll never get another gig in Hollywood. I know a couple of big-name actors that just turned down fantastic roles because had they done roles in very evangelical films, then something happens where they're, for a, for a period of time, it eventually wears off, but for a period of time, they're, it's almost like they're not taken seriously in their craft. And I'm not sure if that's because of the quality of the movies we're putting out in Christian filmmaking, combined with a prejudice in Hollywood against people of faith. Who knows what all's causing it? But that's what they're telling me they encounter. I can tell you um, what I do, what I do personally, how I conduct myself personally as a mainstream a mainstream Christian, and how I tell our clients to conduct themselves is just be very excellent at what you do and how you behave, because everyone wants someone on set who actually knows what they're doing and has come with their A-game, and they, they don't care so much then that you happen to be a Christian or a Hindu or a Buddhist or whatever if you're going to bring the talent to the project, that's what they're after. But isn't the struggle, and Kurt, I'm asking you this question, isn't the struggle that there's a lot of people out there that call themselves Christians, but really they're not Christians. They're Christian by name. They're not really walking with Jesus Christ. And so aren't they the ones really making it difficult for you? Because in Hollywood, there's a lot of two-faced people where they, they say they're a Christian, yet they'll do whatever. I mean, it, I mean, isn't there, what do we got to do? What do we got to do to move this away from there so that people can be bold in their faith and yet and yet not get blacklisted or blackballed? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Rebecca and I talked about this the other day. I don't know if it's the quality of films that need to increase on the Christian side um, because there are a lot of, say, I would say B or A actors that will cross over and do Christian films and then go back over and do mainstream films. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a tough call. No, I mean it's you know so so okay so Tony, you're an actor, you're also a producer, you know you've done the crossover thing. How have you been able to be bold in your faith and yet still cross you know as, as Rebecca said, walk that fine line? Well, you know I think really it, it just boils down to you know the prof- professionalism that you bring and you know what you're bringing to the set as as an actor. 
And, you know, that's really, I mean, I have enough trouble judging my own life. (laughs) Uh, I really, I really can't, you know, try to label somebody as, you know, you know, they're a non-Christian because they say they are or they're not. I have, like I said, I have enough trouble judging myself when it, when it comes to, to my own life. But, you know, basically for me, as long as, you know, I'm walking with the Lord and, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a Christian, you know, I, I think people will see a difference, but they'll also see that my quality of my work is there. And, you know, and they just take me as a professional, not so much as, you know, this is a Christian actor. I mean, you know, I, I don't like that type of label that, you know, is being associated with, you know, the, the craft and also, you know, as a Christian. All right, so Sarah, I know you didn't go into this uh, this acting business to become rich, especially now that you've labeled yourself as a Christian actress, and maybe you haven't labeled yourself as that, but so you haven't gone into this for the money. So aren't we out there out there to try to influence the culture? And how are you doing that as an actress? Well, uh, correction, I actually do not act. I'm behind the camera. I oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's quite all right. Um, but I am a producer, and so I try to let my actions speak louder than my words and I and when mm-hmm. I speak I do everything in kindness and I do everything in love um, I and people come back and tell me all the time that they can't believe how patient and how kind and how easily ran my film sets are because of that um, but I think as a Christian producer just like Rebecca said you have to be on your a-game First and foremost, they want to see that professional. They want to see that individual that knows what they're doing. But because you are a Christian and you've come out and made it so public, you get watched even more because everyone's always waiting for you to step over that line and and screw up. They're always waiting for you to make that one mistake that takes you away from that Christian standpoint. And so it's it's a gray area and it's a tightrope that you have to walk constantly, especially with the type of movies I produce because I don't do the gospel bible story we do very gritty real life hard hitting the character has to believe in god has to believe in jesus and turn his life over at the end so we we're more of a gray area than some of these other christian films that are out there right now well i mean that's part of the problem i mean like i said i have previewed uh, i am sure 30 or 40 christian films that some of them are c category some of them are maybe less than C, some of them are B, and I would say there's a couple of them I put that, boy, I walked away from like, that was not only enjoyable, it was also really well done, in my eyes. Of course, I'm just a radio guy, so, but but I, I think it's really all about changing the culture. I mean, all of you guys, I know, Kurt, you got into this because you're like, okay, Christian film could improve. There's room for improvement here, but it's about changing the culture. I mean, we're, we're, talking, we're trying to impact the culture with quality family entertainment that, as you just said, Sarah, with the end game is it, it's the truth. We're showing the truth, nitty gritty, whatever you want to call it. But at the end, we show people realize, hey, they get to the end of the rope and they realize Jesus is the only answer there is. So, Kurt, how do we do this? I think we have to make uh, good films. Uh, the thing is, it's a stigma attached with Christian films where if somebody says, oh, that's a Christian film. What's your first thing? Oh, oh, what's that going to be like? And the production value is usually down. The acting is usually down. Uh, but there again, we're competing with you know, a $500,000 budget film against Hollywood with maybe a $50 million budget film. So, um, like Rebecca said, when we come on the set and we're doing what, we, what we're doing, we have to be as good as the Hollywood people that are doing it. So, Well, okay, so, Sarah, or, or uh, excuse me, Rebecca, as, as a producer, 
how can we start the culture of change as as a Christian leader in, in our in, in my church? And there's people, there's probably fifteen or twenty thousand people listening today. How can we help the Christian film industry start to impact culture the way you guys desire it as producers, as film producers? Well, I think it's helpful to start by answering the question: exactly what part of the culture are you trying to reach first? I mean. We could spend a whole other hour talking about all the things that need addressed within the church. We're all members of churches, and we all see things going on in the church. You know, there's, there's always sin in the choir. And so are we trying to start from within the church first and address those issues? Is that our audience? Or is it that we're trying to reach that person who's maybe at the movie theater every other weekend watching a movie and would never dream of going to church that weekend? It's just not part of their life. When you know who that person is that you're trying to reach with the truth that is embedded in your stories, then you can start thinking, okay, well, that person engages with stories in this manner. That person is watching them at home on Netflix, or that person is going to the theater, or that person is watching them on the big screen at church when they have Friday night movie. Once you know that, then you look at, okay, well, this is the type of content that gets put on that screen. So that's the kind of content that I need to be mirroring, whether that's by genre or by quality or by distribution method it you have to you have to start figuring out where your person is that you're trying to reach and how they're already being successfully reached and then incorporate that into your model I think I love the couple of words you said relevancy and you guys have all said that and truth embedded that's that is what our culture is hungry for it's truth because they're not getting it out of our leaders almost categorically across the nation certainly not out of Washington they those guys don't even know what truth is We're, and, and our churches are struggling you just said that you know what what do you want to do if you tried to start this within the church you'd be fighting the church the church wouldn't go along with you on this one the church would go we don't want film so, I mean, the church is not the place because it'll frustrate the living daylights. Our churches desperately need help. They desperately need strong leadership. They desperately need to focus on the truth and relevancy. So I, I love the fact that you're talking about embedded truth within a film that's relevant and getting it to people because there are, you know, 98% of our culture is not really active in the church. So, Kurt, last word before we go to our bottom of the hour break. My last word. Yeah, no, I just you get the last word. I get I got the whole deer in the headlights look just in case Tony, Rebecca, and Sarah want to ever see Kurt DeVries without words. Okay. In the first half of our show, we've been talking with our in-studio guest, Kurt DeVries, film producer, and Tony Senzamichi, Rebecca Seitz, and Sarah Kessinger, all producers and a couple of actors, actresses in there. They're all doing all kinds of stuff about the Christian film industry. I, I know I totally screwed up. Sarah, I am I'm gonna say it I'm sorry on the air. I'm sorry that I called you an actress when you really a massive film producer, so I, I apologize. <laughs> You're supposed to say, okay, Jim, all right, no dead air. We're not allowed to have dead air. Okay. All right, so here's the deal. We were having a really good conversation before the bottom of the hour and, and really talking about, uh, Rebecca, what you said about a truth-embedded, relevant kind of film. And, and I, I love that. And, and Kurt and I were talking during the break on, okay, you really have to decide who's your audience. And he said that you guys had a conversation recently uh, about all, uh, Tony and Rebecca, you guys had a conversation with Kurt about, hey, who's your audience? Is it going to be the Christians? Is it going to be the church? people or is it going to be out there reaching a loss just presenting truth so what's your favorite kind of movie to produce Kurt um, I think I'm sort of along the lines with uh, what Sarah is talking about like edgy edgy Christian films I'm making people think um, not necessarily films that end in a big red bow um, I like some of the films that she has out right now that are action 
and uh, yet faith-based. So that's sort of what we're, Tony and I have been, been talking about doing that for quite a while, and that's kind of the direction we're going. All right. Tony, what about you? What 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 kind of film would you like to produce? Uh, I mean, as Kurt and I being partners, you know, we're, we're pretty, much, pretty much in the, in that same mindset, you know, like films that Sarah is producing and what Rebecca has done. But, you know, you look at, you know, some of the, the films like The Passion of the Christ that was done. I mean, you know, to me, that was probably one of the films that was done, you know, 10 years ago that really gave an opportunity to really, I don't want to say step outside the box, but really to give a a film perspective, a grittiness of really, you know, what our Lord and Savior went through as he walked to the, you know, to the cross. And, you know, when you're able to put that in context where people really understood you know, from a storytelling standpoint, but also from a soul-searching and heartfelt message that you got. Um, I really think that started setting the opportunity for Christian films uh, to start stepping outside of that rainbow box that Curtis talked about. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And I will tell you that it definitely woke up Hollywood. You know, any movie that is uh, filmed in a foreign language with subtitles has almost no uh, conversations going back and forth. And it's graphic as all graphic can be. And it, and it makes $400 million. And it's still the... I mean, it's the top-producing Christian film ever, and it made such an impact. I mean, you, that is the greatest evangelical tool ever. If you want to say, "Hey, this is the Jesus we're talking about," not the one that's this, the one you got in a box. We're talking about this Jesus, the one who died for you. And you want to see a movie on it? Here's the best movie produced on it. Okay, so here's what I want to hear from the four of you guys. I want to hear about what is your your absolute favorite relevant, truth-embedded, family-friendly, or Christ-centered film that's been produced in the past? What's, what's your favorite? Rebecca, why don't you start us off? Oh, wow. Um, well, I can tell you my favorite kinds of films are ones that take truth and, and uh, embed it deeply, but they may not be considered family-friendly films. For instance, I loved Flight with Denzel Washington. I actually was in a church about four weeks ago where the pastor showed the five-minute clip of the end of that movie in service and preached his sermon off of that five-minute clip where Denzel is, is a man who finally, at the end, admits his sin and repents. And, you know, there was, there was no come-to-Jesus moment, per se. You know, there was, no, there was no hallelujah chorus. There was not even a church. But there was that, <laughs> that universal principle of, he's broken and until he admits he's broken no change can ever happen there's another one called um what dreams may come with robin williams and cuba gooding jr it's an older movie but that movie i love because it's a love story that shows real love the guy has to self-sacrifice his love has to be unconditional for his wife and he goes all the way to hell and back to get her literally in that movie and it's just this beautiful love story of that exactly is how Christ loves the church. He goes and he gets each of us from hell and brings us back. So, but that's not, you know, I wouldn't sit my eight-year-old down in front of that movie because there's <laughs> some language in it. So I don't know if I considered it family-friendly, but those are the kind of movies that I just, you know, I walk out of the theater going, yes, that's the kind of stuff I want to make because I walked out of here thinking about a truth, an actual truth that I know is truth. Love is unconditional. Repentance is required. Um, there's another good one called, just to name another one, there's another one called The Adjustment Bureau. 
Um, and they actually oh, asked. That in this one movie, was powerful. Oh my it? word! They, they, the actors ask from the balcony. They say, "You know, were we put here by someone? Is someone in control of all this? Does someone care about all this?" And I thought, "Ah, yes, thank you." The whole audience is now wondering that, and of course, we all have that emptiness inside of us that is put there by our Creator that only He can fill. So it just it's like, here, Holy Spirit, here's your huge open door. Now you can go speak to this person. Those are the kind of movies I love. Mm, that adjustment bureau, that one messed with your head. It was yeah, that was <laughs> unbelievable. All right, Tony, give me a give me your favorite film from the past, family friendly, Christian, what uh, truth embedded. You, you tell me what's your what's your favorite movie that really made an impact on the audience? Well, and just a recent, I think Soul Surfer was, you know, probably one of those films that you know people looked at Hollywood and said, wow, they actually can make a a strong family-friendly film that has you know a, a message in there and you know even you know and it did of course come out you know uh, very well at the end but you know what the girl went through with the trials and tribulations of the tragedy and where she was searching her life and and really you know came back to the understanding of herself that, you know, Christ is, is centered in me, and I am centered in Christ, and that's where, where my life is going, whether, you know, I can surf again or I can't, but my walk with Christ is the most important thing. Uh, right. So from in recent, then, uh, my favorite is the Passion of the Christ, and, uh, you know, and as Sarah said, you know, I mean, Rebecca said as well, walking out of the theater and, and saying to yourself, wow, this is something that is making me think. Mm. And, and that's what I really want. And nobody clapped at the end of that movie. People were bawling, and it was like oh, dead yeah. silence walking out of it. We brought neighbors there, and they they it was just, nobody said a word the whole way home. It was so powerful. What about you, Sarah? Your favorite truth-embedded, you know, whether it's a Christ-centered, family-friendly, well, give me your favorite movie in the past. Oh my goodness. I, I work in scenes and not so much movies, but um, the one that's been the easiest over the last few years for me to really talk to my older kids, honestly, is Harry Potter. Because everyone got all up in arms, and the churches got up in arms over the witchcraft portion of it. But when you sit down and look at it, you see all these relationships. You see trust. You see understanding. You, you see um, heart passions that were put there by someone greater. And... Um, truth and enlightenment. So there's all these themes that you can pull out of that story. Hmm. Kurt, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go opposite end of the spectrum here. And what we're talking about in the break, I personally loved Book of Eli. Um, Denzel's one of my favorites anyway, but just how um, through even in the apocalyptic world that it was set in, that the Bible was the most important book and um, how the quest to get this book um, at you know at, at the end of the movie that you know hopefully the audience were looking like what is so special about this book why was this movie all about this book and they may want to open it up and read it hmm. yeah that's fantastic now Kurt I know you're working on a TV series tell us about that uh, well we got a couple things going on um, and we're working on a series about a youth pastor called Cross Threads um, we need to get a bunch of rewrites going on but it's we shot a pilot for it on a shoestring and um, got some some decent feedback on it. We actually premiered it at Sunscreen Film Festival, um, had some good reviews on it. But you know, it needs work. But we're hoping to raise some funds to shoot another episode and possibly pitch it to a network. But what was the whole idea behind Crossroads? Because Tony, you were the pa- Tony was the pastor Tony was in that the one. Pastor, That's yeah. right. Because I saw the I saw it in the preview. Yeah. 
Um, it just it started out kind of as a, a comical idea about a youth pastor and just all the crazy things that happen with kids and, and you know could we actually make an interesting series about this where it wasn't uh, you know a seventh heaven or something like that but something that you know <laughs> we're going to deal with real topics um, and not the you know the usual oh Jenny's pregnant or look Phil's got a drinking problem or something like that but actually you know like maybe cutting or something like that that stuff that really happens hmm. now I know you said you're working on a movie project called Peaceful Kingdom. Give me, give me 30 seconds on that. 30 seconds. Wow. It's a, it's a hard pitch. Uh, I've been working on it with Sarah. I've been working on it with Rebecca and, and Tony. And um, we're getting to a point where we're, we're going to start looking for financing shortly. Um, we need to do some, you know, some rewrites on it. Um, we've been talking to some pretty decent actors about possibly working with it. So that's, you know, it's, it's in the works right now. So And the biggest thing you need there is funding, funding right? Funding, yes, yes. Money, money, money. Okay, so listen, what I want you guys to focus on in the last few minutes is to talk about what you're working on right now. Sarah, I know that Kurt said you're working on a book uh, called, Sur- or uh, on a movie called Surrender. Tell me about it. Uh, I actually have two movies that just came out. Broken Faith is the first one. It premiered to a sold-out audience on the 27th of last month. It was actually given a rated R and so we're really fighting that um, because of mild violence. There's other movies that have much more worse themes than this one does. And then we have Surrender, which is an amazing movie. It's about a hostage situation in a church. A troubled teen holds the entire youth group of this small town country church hostage. And by the end, he learns so many things. Not only he learns who himself is, who God is, and why certain things happen, but he earns the most valuable lesson of all about sacrifice. And so that is actually opening here in southwest Missouri on the 22nd, and it sold out in less than 24 hours. Awesome. Well, that's fantastic. All right, so what are you working on, Rebecca? There are a couple of things in process. The one's closest to production right now, there's one called Shifting Tides. Um, that's one I actually wrote that is uh, starts out as a made-for-TV movie that leads into a television series that is also a series of printed novels and e-novellas. Um, and then we also have um, a web series that we're working on. It's a web series right now, and we're, we're working to amass the funds to put it on television, but it's called Coffee with Paige, and it's with Paige O'Mardian. Most people know Paige's mother-in-law, Stormy O'Mardian, who did Power of a Praying Wife, and Paige is her daughter-in-law, and it's just a talk show that highlights people of her generation, Paige is 21, who have answered that call of Christ in their lives and are already making a difference in their part of the world, making a positive difference. And so she interviews them on that show. Um, and then finally we have um, a, novel, a novel that we're converting into a feature film. The novel is called Rescuing Hope, and it's by Susan Norris. And uh, Susan is an abolitionist in Atlanta who works with sex trafficking victims and a former pimp. And she took all of their stories and combined them into one girl's story and wrote Rescuing Hope in an effort to highlight the fact that we've got 100,000 kids in this country who are being trafficked right now while I'm talking, and 300,000 more every year at risk, according to the FBI. So we're, we're converting that novel into a feature film in the hope that we can raise a little more awareness about the fact that that's happening right here in this country. You know, one of the things that's amazing to me is that all you guys, none of you have really said it, and I just know the truth because Kurt and I have talked so much, is that the, the biggest struggle you guys find is the funding. And what I learned, mm-hmm. I, I had a meeting with a guy this past week uh, who was here in Tampa Bay who said that Christian wealth in Tampa Bay numbers somewhere around $360 billion. 
of wow. Christian wealth that needs to be, as he called, the, the, the glacier needs to be melted. And, and there's got to be somebody out there listening or somebody out there listening who knows somebody who's passionate about film, who would love to back some of these films and take them to the next level so that you guys can get the notoriety that we need. Because Christian, I mean, I've seen some fantastic Christian films. Kurt, what, you know, when you, when you look at the Christian film industry, you're working on this, uh, on Peaceful Kingdom. You're, you and Tony are working on this Peaceful Kingdom. You're trying to... It's this the biggest struggle is the money. Is the yeah. biggest struggle the money? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it just, it seems like you know Christians want they want good they want good content they want good films, but in order to get that out there, it costs money, and that's been the biggest hurdle. Is you know how can we compete with Hollywood features? How can we make our movies good enough that people want to watch it? Yeah, so what we need out there is somebody listening that's passionate about film and would love to invest their just their kingdom money, the money that God has entrusted to them into the Christian film industry. Because we've got four people on this radio show today that really want to make an impact. So the question is, have you ever wondered if you had it in you to be available for God to do something bold through you? As I gave Kurt crap about six years ago about being in the Christian film industry, uh, you know, it's a bold step and it's, and, a, and it's fighting an uphill battle. Is that you? Does your business look and feel just like your competition? Because if it does and you're calling yourself a Christ follower, then there's something wrong with you. Because people who have met Jesus, their lives are never the same. Is there anything about your relationship with Jesus that's impacting your business? And if these are questions that you're asking, then you really need to check out Business His Way. It's a biblical mentoring process designed for you to learn how to follow our Lord and your workplace brought to you by c12 tampa bay and i work for him for more information contact me jim jim at i work for him.com that's jim at i work for him.com next week in the i work for him show we're going to be talking to jay lippy about life work leadership impact tampa bay uh, renew tampa and, and all of those ministries that jay's involved with and how they're taking an impact right there in our tampa bay area you know my sponsors are people i trust they're people you can trust please do business with them look for the links to their company website Websites on my website, iworkforhim.com, also on the WTIS1110.com website. Also on the iWorkFrame website, you'll find all kinds of great resources, including the show schedule, the guest schedule, and all kinds of recommended resources for incorporating Christ in your workplace, especially all the books that I highlight. If you'd like to get your message out to thousands, you too can advertise on iWorkFrame. Contact me, Jim, at iWorkFrame.com. I'd like to thank each of my guests today, Kurt DeVries for tolerating me in studio, Tony Senzamichi, Rebecca Seitz, and Sarah Kessinger. We could have talked for four hours. It was a pleasure having you all on the show today. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. All right, please take time to like I Work For Him on Facebook. Just search for I Work For Him. Thanks to Mike Miracle for running the controls and keeping me on time. Uh, he's done a great job. You know, we're talking about this Christian film industry, and, and, and it's an impact out there. I'm reaching out. I'm asking. There's got to be some people out there that are passionate about film who desperately want to help make an impact with the money that God has given them. Please, we're just, we need you to write a check. And that's what we can do. We can make a huge difference. And it, we're not talking about donations. You know, there are some films out there uh, that Mel Gibson wasn't thinking he was going to make You know, all those millions of dollars when he produced that quality film. There's more of those films out there to be produced, aren't there, Kurt? There certainly are. 
All right. Well, listen, we want to reach out to you, audience. I want to thank you all for being a listener today. The I Work For Him show is out there to challenge you to allow Christ to impact your workplace. If your workplace does look just like your competition, then this is the show for you. Pass it on to your friends and your neighbors because we need to make an impact on our workplaces because of how Jesus Christ has made an impact on us. Each and every day, people we work with need to see Jesus, not the Jesus they hear about that is in a box, the Jesus that made an impact on your life. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I own my own business. I don't know about you, Tampa Bay, and the rest of America. Listen up, Washington. I work for him. Was I love? No one else would show up Was I Jesus to the least of us Was my worship more than just a song